As people continue to melt down over what seems like is going to be an overturning of Roe versus Wade, we decided to get together. We decided to bring our friend Vince along with us to go to a Chicago abortion rally, abortion march, protest against overturning Roe versus Wade, however you want to phrase it. And we wanted to get some perspective. We wanted to see what the people there we're thinking what they were saying, how they were responding, get some debates and some interviews going. We're going to have a lot of that footage released on our YouTube channel, Hanging with Apes, later on this week. Uh, but in this episode, you're going to hear a lot of the audio that we got while we were in the field as we give you our take, our perspective. And we brought Vince along for the episode also because it was quite the experience and uh, we learned some things and we were surprised to see a lot of things and it was a very interesting time. So let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging With Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K-Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website. That's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. If you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. Truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five star review. Helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate amount of your choosing. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. Today we have Vince. You know him. He's been on the show plenty of times before. We had to bring him on for today's episode because he was in the field with us yesterday. Vince, say hello to the people. Yeah, good. How, how, are, how is everyone? Oh, a little tongue twist. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> you get enough sleep? You good? You know what? I, I had a, a very vigorous workout today, so uh, I'm still uh recouping. But, you know, I'll be I'll, I'll hang it together. How'd you guys feel after being out in the sun? The whole time. But when you got home, did you feel tired at all or no? No, I felt good. Yeah. Well, we ran down. I ran down the block se- uh, several times. So, you know, that was kind of exhausting. Yeah. No, I felt tired. It I was, was good oh. stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. But it was worth it. It was fun. Um, it was cool seeing, like, the, I think the last time we did anything on the field was uh, protests. Yeah. And so I forgot how fun it is and how, like, well, this was a protest. Yeah, so you said the protest. Well, the the George Floyd uh, George Floyd protests, yeah. to be exact. The looting. Um, the the looting. Yeah. The the <laughs> the mostly peaceful. <laughs> the yeah, mostly okay. peaceful. <laughs> so I felt like uh, it felt good because you're always on the go. Like there was there was times where like we were we were all in, and all of a sudden like the crowd left, and we're like, how the fuck do we get to the crowd? You have to kind of be on the go, and you don't know what's going to yeah, happen. You who you're going to interview? Your feet, yeah. yeah. So, um, and you got to take the rust out. What I like about being in the field is you have to find opportunities. Yes. Uh, in, in some cases, you have to create opportunities. Being in a in a comfortable setting, being in a setting like how we normally do the episode. 
you know, it's comfortable, it's chill versus being in a setting where you got to create opportunities. Like literally yeah. there was moments where I seen two people talking to each other and based off my perspective, it seemed to be a little bit of a debate, a back and forth argument, whatever you want to call it. And I find my way in there yeah. and then ask them if they are having a debate. People I don't know, people I've never seen before in my life, ask them if they are having a debate and then ask them if they want to have a debate on the mic for yeah. this podcast. Um, you know, so yeah, it's it's a different type of producing. The like yes. the type of yeah. producer you are in a controlled setting versus the type of producer you are in a chaotic setting is like day and night. And yeah. see, that's the type of um, perspective you don't get from, you know, like a Joy Reid from MSNBC. Like, 100%. you know, she's in a climate controlled studio. And yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and it's funny that you say that. And, and that's a great observation on your part, because that was one of the things that we learned when we were covering the looting and the rioting, the George Floyd looting and rioting how there were certain mainstream media outlets that they kept pushing this narrative. Oh, it was Antifa, 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 these white Antifa people. But listen, nobody could tell me any of that because we were in the midst of it. I'm I'm telling you, like when I say in the midst of it, it's not like, oh, we were a block away getting some action shots. No, no, we were like in the middle of it. Like I have footage of me in the the middle of locking in a Walgreens as it's being decimated and people are stealing and robbing. I'm in the middle of, so it, it's two totally different perspectives. And that's the beauty of being in the field. And it's like, obviously being in the field, you can only, you know, like those opportunities don't always present themselves. And this is a weekly show. So we can, uh, we don't always have in the field content. But whenever the opportunity presents itself, we're definitely there. And it's crazy because it makes you wonder about, and you got to give them people a lot of credit, those producers and cameramen and news anchors that will report from like a war zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You see them with their helmets and their bulletproof vests and stuff like that. And some of them still still get killed. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think if if I'm not mistaken, in, in Ukraine, not that long ago, a Fox reporter yeah, was killed. Yeah, I about that. Yeah, so it's just uh it's it's just different. It's just something very different and uh and really interesting and it's nice to be able to bring footage and audio for people to to kind of uh uh engage them in 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 a to a degree of of what we experienced while we were out there. Now, question for both um What's something automatically like when we, as soon as we got there that stood out to you? What um what stood out to me was how unhinged <laughs> the people on the on the pro abortion side were. Well, let let me put that into a little bit of perspective. It, it, not all of them, like because we were able to get some interviews. You got some interviews. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't that. That's like more of a general statement. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Where, you know, G- generally, generally speaking, the people on the pro-abortion side were a little more unruly. And I think in the field, I made this point to you. Notice how they were the ones behind the barricade. Yeah. The, the, the evangelicals, they were, you know, 
the the police weren't really around them too much. No. <laughs> like, but everyone else, you know, hey, you know, get back and you know, kind of keep the peace or whatnot. Um, just how unruly and how intolerant they were. Like, I guess throughout my travels, I already knew this, but when you see it in Live living color, uncut. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're. There were really, and even the one lady I told you about who made that very racist comment. So yeah, go. go oh, what what was that comment? The so the one guy um, <laughs> was the guy named Julio, who was the uh, the evangelical guy. He was yeah. uh, out of the evangelicals. He was the most talkative one. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't afraid to get interviewed, be on the mic, be on camera. He was talking to one woman. I think you two were off doing another interview and he was he was having a one on one on the mic with the with a woman and the woman, the pro abortion woman, she says, you know, she brings up the rape issue uh -huh. again, which is a fallacy. Um, and she says fallacy in terms of not many abortions, not many pregnancies come from rape. Correct. Right. Ergo, not Less, many abortions. It's roughly one percent. Right. That's a statistic from Guttmacher Institute which is the think tank for Planned Parenthood, they say roughly 1%. And they really do lean on that. But um, Heavy. but um, the, the one woman said, well, you know, we should, I should be able to have the right to have an abortion because what if I get raped by a black guy? And I now, don't, I don't want, I don't want to, Jesus. I don't want to have this baby by a now black for guy. Context, for context, what was her race? Oh, did I not say it? She, yeah, she was a white woman. Jesus. <laughs> I did notice that. So too. it's like, She's okay with getting raped by another race. <laughs> yeah. But in the event of getting raped black by guy. that's <laughs> she needs now, let's, let's hold the phone now. Yes. This is getting serious. <laughs> Jesus. I was I Me have a black baby? <laughs> never see it. Yeah. I, I did notice the loud ones, the really loud ones were the white liberals. Did you notice that too? Like I saw a mix of different races, but it was always like the white liberals that were the loudest. And yesterday you pointed out that it was mainly white. Then. Yes. Yeah, it was mainly yeah, it was mainly white. It was also older, I felt. There was there was young people too. But like the the most unruly ones and the ones that were loud or the ones that like there was a white dude, older white guy just yelling loud when you were interviewing, just in my ear. He wasn't yelling at me, but he was yelling towards the evangelicals, and it was like, he's like right he in was, my ear. He was saying nonsense. He yeah. kept saying propaganda, yeah. propaganda. Like, and then he would just I like, do, shut like, up for a while, and then he'd be like, you're fucking propaganda! You're propaganda! How fucking dare you! He needs to recoup I, that energy. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's fucking, like, what, why is he so angry? Like, every, you're not even a woman! What do you think? It's like... Well, maybe I identifies. Yeah, maybe. But, like, I saw no woman be that unruly and that loud and that willing to fight because he almost, before you guys got there, I started taking a video because he started grabbing their equipment. And then Julio, the guy that you had interviewed, that was part of the debate, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he grabbed his stuff. He said, you broke my equipment. You broke my equipment. And then the dude's like grabbing it. And then Julio's grabbing it. Oh, and shit. they're like about to get in this fight. And I'm about to record. And then that's when you called, Vince. And you're like, oh, where you at? So then I ended up leaving. But like, yeah, it got, it got a little tense with that guy with the Fender shirt. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, man, this guy, this guy's really wild. Um, another thing too that, that, uh, 
that I actually liked this time around was although there were some people that didn't want to talk or or for the most part what besides that one interview that they supposedly you had that the guy didn't contribute much in pre-production we're talking about yeah I think even if you agree or disagree the people that had their points were for, first of all willing to talk to us yeah I felt at times during the George Floyd protests or even during the Trump rally, a lot of people had a lot of nonsense. And like any time that they felt challenged, they would say certain stuff. Like, I don't know if you recall when we did the Trump rally or not the Trump rally, the Trump protest after he won the presidency, uh, the guy after you questioning him a couple, you know, like giving him some challenging questions because you always give challenging questions regardless of whatever side. Yeah. And so the guy in, uh, during the Trump protests, he was like, hey, man, you got to watch out with the questions you're asking. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, on some, like, sneak, like, like trying to... Like, on some, like, uh, is that a threat? Yeah, you bitch, you'll get knocked the fuck out yeah. right now. You and your boys. <laughs> Don't fucking tell me what... So, and to me, it's like, defend your stance. Because uh, you, during the, the, the interviews... You gave Julio a lot of challenging questions. You gave the girl a lot of challenging questions. Yeah, like, you you can't... Listen, we know going there what side people are on. So, there's an evangelicals there, which that was one thing that I was surprised to see. Not surprised to see evangelicals, but as many as there were. Yes. That was a little bit surprising to me. Found that very interesting. And then the second thing that I've, I that stood out to me was that compared to the George Floyd shit, compared to the the Trump protest, this was the smallest crowd. Yes. Of 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 of, of the field events that yeah. we've done. Um makes you wonder how big of an issue this really is because this is a big city. That's downtown Chicago. Yeah. On a nice beautiful day, you would think the crowd would be a lot bigger than this. Yeah. And on yeah. a day off. It was Saturday. You know, so it's like you have all the factors, big city, downtown, nice day, and it's not that big of a crowd. I mean, it, yeah. mind you, there's a lot of people, yeah. but n- not, nothing compared to like the Trump protest. Remember? Yeah, that was That crowd massive. was massive. 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 The, the George Floyd riots it, were everywhere. It was overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, and the riots were everywhere. That Trump protest it was overwhelming all those people i was like holy cow yeah. and then i was like man low-key like we could be in danger because it's just us and you know we're getting these interviews but anyway um yeah the enthusiasm for the event lacked and, and that's felt. why and that's why i asked some of the people like hey how big of an issue how big of a voting issue is it you know in regards to the economy and yeah. Uh, other issues going yeah. on and you know they obviously they well like they'll where say, does it stand in line with their like priorities in terms of like mm-hmm. what issues they vote for right yeah. and you'll see in the video that they um they kind of skirted around the question which is very telling in itself because yeah. if it was that big of an issue they would have flat out said it a hundred percent a hundred percent um yeah, so like those are some of the things that that stood out to me. Then you have, like you were saying, like in terms of of the questions that I ask, you have people on one side, people on the other side. It's identified like 
who's on what side. I don't know how much in that moment do we really contribute by expressing our thoughts on the issue. I feel like we contribute more to the audience by giving them a, a front row seat to other people's perspective. And then we're here to sort of analyze it, digest it for them and lay it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I mean, people listen to the show, they know what our perspective is, but I, I don't know like how much we really contribute by expressing that perspective while we're there. Yeah, we could. And at the end of the day, we have a show where we discuss where we stand and, and like, you know, leave that to that. But when we're in the field, what are we trying to do? We're trying to do. Get, are we trying get, to get a gotcha moment? Or are we trying to really get the truth and out? get perspective? Yeah. Exactly. And that was our one of the overarching themes of of while we were in the field is, well, what is the consensus? And that I will say and it's not a failure on our part. It, it was just nobody was you. You can't ask so many questions to one person. Number one, no. coupled with not everybody is willing to participate. So there were a lot of consensus questions because that was my thing is I, I want the overarching consensus yeah. of certain things. Like, where do people feel like life begins? I know in the interview that Vince got with the older white lady, um, he asked that question, which was great, and she said when the baby is born. So yeah. does that mean that a woman that's nine months pregnant, like, so you agree, because the baby's about to be born, that's a, yeah. that's a child at that point. Yeah. You're, you're okay with it because it's not yet born yet? You're okay with uh, aborting it, killing it, whatever, however you want to phrase it? So versus that crowd, the, the very uh, unruly crowd, they kept saying like it's a clump of cells it's a clump of cells like the whole time so yeah. they they made it almost seem like even after the child is born it's a clump of cells cuz i even heard them a few times saying you're a clump of cells so like like Whoa. so there's like, no sanctity to life you know like yeah. see like we we notice nowadays on the the language game that the left plays well that's been going on since the 50s and 60s in the 50s, they used to call it, the general consensus was, it's an unborn child. You're pregnant with an unborn child. Mm -hmm. In the 60s, when feminism, when radical feminism and progressivism started taking place, they changed the wording to fetus. Yeah, and you're not, you're not as attached to the word fetus as you are unborn child. Yes. So, so, that's, so that's part of... What and, you're hitting at, and right if there. you look at you look at the legality of things, because I feel like the legal scope is always really interesting in terms of uh, establishing a degree of perspective. There have been cases where a man or a person, mostly men, have murdered a pregnant woman, and they've gotten charged for two murders. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know Double what I'm homicide. saying. Yeah. So there's cases like that. Another thing I kind of thought about recently, and I don't know like the legality of it because it's a relatively new thing. Let's say you and your girl, you and your wife wanted to pay somebody to have to be a surrogate, right? To, to you know, birth your child. Yeah. You know, because that's like the new shit. That's like the new age shit. You know, Kanye West, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian did it. Yeah. People are doing that shit. So... She does it. She she agrees. You pay her. 
you're expecting a child, you're getting things ready on your end, you know, the nursery, all the things. And then the lady, she acts irresponsibly, does a bunch of stuff that she agreed not to do. Would the courts look at her behavior as just simply breaking a contract or would they look at her behavior as she endangered a life, a child that in fact, it's her body, but it wasn't even her child. So I feel like that is making that argument that women are using, oh, my body, my choice. But if you were a surrogate, you would be considered your body our child is in you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not just your, your body. Yeah. And you know? it's not just your choice. And it's not just your choice. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was thinking about that because where does the law stand on that? I There's probably not even too many laws written about that because it's such a new thing. And actually, even then, it would be like, well, you've been drinking alcohol, doing drugs. We want you to abort the baby. I'm not going to abort the baby. Th- that right there becomes a issue because... The legality of it. Well, and then exactly, I don't want now, my child to be messed up. Exactly. We we run the risk of our child not being healthy, alcohol, fetal syndrome, because you're conducting yourself a certain way. Yeah, it's interesting. Because yeah. would the legal scope just look at that like, oh, well, she broke a business deal? Or would the legal scope look at that, well, she broke a business deal and she also endangered a life, a yeah. chi- uh, the life of a child that wasn't even hers? You know, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I think they, honestly, I think it would, yeah, that would that would be a very, I would like to see what the Supreme Court would actually say in, in regards I to I could that. honestly see a case like that going all the way to the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, because sure. Because it's like, well, the the, yeah. the local courts, they, they, do, they, they do one thing, but then, but then maybe higher courts do another thing and ends up going to the Supreme Court. That in and of itself could set a precedent going forward because, you know, yeah, it's her body, but that was our baby. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that is, um, but then I don't, but see, I would think you would have to consider that as, as a negligent murder of some sort like you like you would have to because i just as you said if you but then that that's my point is if you consider that a negligent murder you would then at that point you've set the precedent that that is not a clump of cells that's a life now every abortion would be considered murder you get what i'm saying yeah no we'll see we'll see that that might be something that conservatives would try to angle for in the legal in the legal spectrum, or, or, or even when when uh, NASA comes up with, oh, we just found life in Mars, and it's just cells, and it's just cells. Well, if that's life in Mars, why is that? Well, so that's not life in on Earth, or what? Exactly. Like, so, and, and with something like that, I you know you could. That's more like semantics, but yeah. with with the 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 the. Uh, scenario, the hypothetical scenario that I established, it's one of those things where it is a baby. You know, so it's like you know, where would the court stand? It's interesting. I don't know. And that sets a tone as far as like at what point does is that a baby? At what point is it a life? Not only that, then at what point is it just your body, your choice? That's, That's another one because in this regard, someone pages a contract. It's like it sets the tone for a lot of things. If that were to go to the Supreme Court, I'm actually surprised it hasn't. 
Like, well, I, I mean, it, it's a relatively new thing yeah. coupled with the fact that it costs money to do that. Not everybody yeah. has the money to do that. Um, so, and then too, I'm sure the people that are paying the money, they're vetting. There's a certain degree of vetting you do for the surrogate, but like again, it's just hypothetical scenario. What would happen? You know? I think the I think a one precedent you might be able to use is pro athletes. So an athlete, yeah, it's their body, and in the off season, if they want to go, you know, skiing on the slopes. They can't. They they they're you, breaching the contract. You would think, yeah, it, it, that's where I was going. There, you know, there are clauses in the con- contract where, hey. If you're in the off season, you can't be doing reckless behavior because we're paying you millions of dollars. To be on healthy, your, exactly. So that might be the precedent. That's for, interesting for what you're for what you're talking about. That's interesting. Another thing that we weren't, I feel like we weren't able to get. Uh, I don't know if you were or if either of you, at some point, maybe the mic was off or whatever, were able to get uh, the perspective of or the the dichotomy really of. Where were people's perspectives as far as the jab, my body, my choice versus, uh, yeah. you know, abortion, my body, my choice? Because obviously a lot of people that are pro-abortion, they lean to the left. The left was very much pro-jab. Yeah. So in one perspective, a lot of the left is, well, you're not your body, your choice when it comes to the jab, but you're, you are your body, your choice when it comes to a child. Well... I I got I didn't overtly ask the question, but I did pick up on certain things. Just for one, um, how many masks were were around in the crowd? Like it's it's a it's a hot day, sunny house outside, mind you, and everyone you know like a lot of people had on had on the mask. So, is there religion? They believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one of the ladies I interviewed. Afterward, I shook her hand, you know, just to say thank you. Now, oh, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I would, but you know, it's it's COVID going around, and you know, it's oh you- my god. <laughs> well, I'm like, you guys would like your black babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you, you, like you guys are just huddled up, marching down the street. Yeah, I'm not gonna do shit. Like, what the fuck is gonna? Yeah. So I, mean- so I, I think yeah, like I think the the consensus I got. In it, uh, inadvertently was like they they didn't really they didn't really pick up on the hypocrisy mm-hmm. of my body, my choice versus COVID and uh, abortion. However, one argument that I have heard is, well, you know, with the pandemic, I can be doing everything correctly, and I st- I still I'll still get COVID. You know, as opposed to, you know, there, there could be someone who didn't get the shot and didn't do this, didn't do that. But it's well documented that if you even if you have the job, you could still get it and give it. So like that argument exactly. Is, is, yeah. Falls flat on its face. I thought about about uh, stepping out. This is the only two things for me. Having used that mic and having it you having used it before on in loud outside scenarios. I was like, fuck, I run the risk of having good video, but like the audio might not be on point. And then I saw that you had the good mic. You had the road, like the, the one, uh, the boom mic. And so I was like, fuck, this could make for good footage. Cause I know 
it was so loud that and there were so many people bunched up that my mic would catch different things so i was like well at, at, at bare minimum you'll be able to hear and we could link the stuff together and then it made me feel good because you had the the well you had gotten the the road mic the new road mic with the uh what's the camera damn i'm having a, a brain GoPro. fart the gopro the new gopro and so i was like all right well at least we could kill kind of two birds with one stone and then i couldn't even i couldn't hear anything you were asking like i was just yeah. literally going off of like body language so whenever you look at someone give them the mic i would just kind of tilt it a little bit because it was like it was so loud and so much so many things going on so so i wasn't even sure what exact questions you asked there was times i could and there was times where the crowd would get unruly and real yeah. loud and so i kind of went off of that like yo well let's let's hope let's hope uh everyone's asking questions and you guys are always very on point when it comes to to like the questions or what what's being discussed like you guys cover your corners but like you said you can't overwhelm like we literally had like a 15 minute talk yeah between two people yeah you know at some point you got to cut it and then see who else you can ask something yeah to. yeah exactly and then there was times where you tried to literally get like a debate going on the microphone yeah which we have the audio for yeah. that we're gonna play that later a little bit later on and it was like well you can't do everything you know you have to kind of roll with the punches and sometimes you, you're gonna you're thrown in a situation where like oh damn this is an opportunity yeah you forget to ask a certain question or you know there was a time where like we were we were talking to to asking some questions to this girl we turn around the crowd left yeah. and now we're fucking chasing the crowd looking and that's how you got the interview with that lady mm -hmm. like it's, it's just like you don't know where the fuck you're gonna go you don't know where it's gonna take you so it's a chaotic environment yeah i'd like to ask the two of you a question in regards to the race relations in abortion so i i don't know the statistics of how um hispanics feel about abortion but i know most black people are pro-abortion and I think that's mainly because most black people are pro-Democrat. And one of the few things Joe Biden has said that's correct is black people are a monolith. And, you know, I, I hate to admit that, but it's true. Most black people are just Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. Well, black I, people, I, mean, I think we, used, we saw that yeah, change a little shift, bit with Trump. Yeah. It's changing ever so slightly, but it's still... 92 plus percent of blacks. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying overall. Um, the, um, it, the, the question I have is, see, so a lot of, a lot of, some black people say that, hey, you know, the black vote doesn't mean anything in this country. Yet, on the other hand, you're pro-abortion. There's been anywhere between, some numbers suggest 20 to 30 million black babies aborted since Roe versus Wade passed. Well, there's roughly 42 million black people in America. Add another 30 million to that. Imagine how powerful the black vote could be. Mm -hmm. But yet you support a a, 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 a pretty much demonic, honestly, yeah. uh, cause that kills black babies. So, you so know, what's who, your question exactly? The, the question the question is how um do you do you see do you see any hypocrisy in in like like how do you feel about uh black people and 
on one side saying that their vote doesn't count, they're oppressed people, but then they support the killing of a, a bigger population that would make their group more powerful. And is there is there a similar dichotomy in the Hispanic culture? And you know, okay. Um, as far as I, I'll I'll answer it in reverse. As far as the Hispanic culture, uh, by and large, the Hispanic culture is anti-abortion, okay. like across the board. Uh, I I know like Mexicans, like they're very much against abortion. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a very religious culture, Catholic mm-hmm. culture. Um, Cubans, you got a lot of Catholic Cubans. Uh, same with Puerto Ricans, but overall, with Hispanics, you find in in most cases they're against abortion. Now, that's just this generally speaking. You mm-hmm. got people that are, you got your like Latinx people. You know, <laughs> yeah, you got people that are that are all that are all for it. But generally speaking, Hispanic culture is against it. Um, as far as the, the dichotomy of, you know, being, you know, the black vote not counting for much or, or so they say, coupled with the fact that, you know, uh, 20 to 30 million was a figure you gave, right? 20 Mm -hmm. to 30 million since Roe versus Wade, um, black babies have been aborted. If you look at the history of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, um, it was eugenics. Like that was the like people wanna people wanna uh, uh, sugarcoat it, but the reality is, if you if you read that shit and you look into what this bitch believed, she believed in killing, like like wiping out races. Like she no, believed in she, that shit. She her an exact quote is she wants to help exterminate the Negro population. What do you what do you exterminate? You know, rodents, rat, yeah. rats, roaches. So, so that in and of itself shows you that that is the philosophy that that this whole thing is founded on. That's the basis. For now, for it. for the audience, explain as best you can eugenics. It it's wiping out a, a certain a certain population of people, a certain race creed the holocaust is 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 an example of of what eugenics is china uh, kind of partook in eugenics in a, for a while where they said that you can have like one kid or whatever that would kind of be in line with eugenics wouldn't it well that, i think that's that, just population yeah control. that's probably yeah eugenics is more of like mass people are people are alive and we're getting rid of them you know what i'm saying yeah. damn uh, versus like well we're this population control so that's that's how it was established. Go fast forward a little bit. Uh, uh, well, actually, reverse a little bit. You go to slavery. Let's not forget that that slavery is the Democrats is the party of slavery. Yes, like let's not forget that either. How are they the party of all the wildest, most horrible, horrible racist shit? shit. Like, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we can't <laughs> we can't forget that either. Also, prior to Lyndon B. Johnson getting involved with the whole civil rights movement, the black community was a lot more. 
like entrepreneur minded they they owned more property the the family union was more together and then, then unions uh-huh. and then unions and, and uh welfare what didn't play as big a role you know what i'm saying and that population the the family orientated uh entrepreneur business minded uh black people before uh Lyndon Me Johnson got involved with you know the I forgot I forgot what it was the the bill that he passed but um which is pretty much like well here's welfare here's this here's that before all of that stuff yeah. The you had black people that they were voting for Republican more. You and know and what I'm Thomas saying? Sowell has has talked about how like during during the time there was a bunch of segregation. It was like the South and the North, and they had a different way of th- being, different set of politics in the North where black people would outperform white people. That's when white people started to unionize to be like, oh well, let's make ourselves unfireable. And even though the South was more racist, black people thrived because there was no like unionization. Well, and that, that's the beauty of capitalism: yeah. is capitalism cares about about your productivity, yeah. the, your service. It doesn't care about your color. It's no. like, well, you motherfuckers are white, and maybe this white motherfucker <laughs> that owns this business wants to side with you, but these black people are outworking you, and yes. so that's that's who I'm gonna go with. Uh yeah so so what what you're alluding to is the uh post slavery that was was there was a uh, guy named Daniel Patrick Moynihan and he came out with the Moynihan report saying post slavery the way to build up the black community again is through family through free market capitalism and uh yeah. you know very conservative principles the media framed the Moynihan report as racist so Lyndon B. Johnson, he went with the uh, the new society model. Yeah, big welfare, exactly. government spending, th- things which, of that nature. Which, which yeah. that which that incentivized, you know, women. They don't have to have a man in a house. In fact, there's a movie. I was it Claudine, uh, a movie from I want to say the the seventies, where it shows how she had a boyfriend in the house. And she would tell him to like get the hell out of there whenever the the welfare people were gonna come because you couldn't have a man in the house. I think I remember it. I think you, I remember. You know what I'm it. saying? Yeah. And so, but it incentivized that type of stuff. It's like, well, don't worry about having a man. Don't worry about marriage. Don't worry about the family unit. And if you notice yesterday, and tying that all together to to what took place yesterday is the evangelical people they mentioned the family unit quite a bit they did but nobody on the other side talked about that not it never even it never even came up so the idea is well if if you allow and this is to kind of culminate and answer your question if you allow black people to continue to have babies and grow their families what's something that needs to be present the family unit because the government can only can only support so many children you know what i'm saying so that's why it's incentivized oh abort 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 but eventually what will naturally what will the natural course of things start to become the natural course of things will be okay 
well, I can't have an abortion. I shouldn't have an abortion. I'm not certain about abortion. So what I'm going to do is when I get up with a man, he's going to be a responsible man and I'm going to marry him and it's going to be the family unit. Well, what happens when you have the family unit? All right, you care about ownership. What's one of the big things that everybody does when they're about to have a baby? If they don't already have a house, oh, I got to get a house. Oh, I got to get a house. I got to get a house. Why? Because for my family, for my family, for my family. Oh, so now that's property. Oh, so now that's equity. Oh, guess what? I have property. I have equity. That means I'm working. Well, damn, look at how much the, 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 the government is taking out of my check. Look at how much the government is taking out of property taxes. Oh, damn, you know what? Hey, government, fall the fuck back. The government doesn't want that. They want people to not think about that stuff. People in yeah. families, they think about that stuff. People in families, a family man, a hardworking blue-collar family man that comes home and sees, let's say he gets paid bi-weekly. He sees that every two weeks... These motherfuckers are taking $600 out of his check. Man, that's a car for my kid. That's more groceries. That's uh, uh, I could, I could, uh, uh, that's a, maybe a, a, a nice big trip for the family. That's all of that stuff. So you see th how what ended up happening is the, the Democrats at one point, at least they, they fronted like they were the party for the working man. Because what happened was you had you had communism that communism established based off of the working people, working people. Oh, workers unite, workers unite. Then what ended up happening? What ended up happening is through capitalism and through a lot of really good Republican presidents, people started realizing, well, yeah, you know, the government is offering me all of this stuff. But what I realize is like when these Republicans that just lower taxes are there, I actually do a lot better for myself. Mm -hmm. So then communism started reverting and was all right. Well, we're losing the vote of the working class people. As you notice now, working class people are Trump's people. If you look at working class people, the working class blue collar family types, they are Republicans now. It, yeah. That has shifted. That's why in Dinesh D'Souza's book, uh, the United States of Socialism, there's this great chapter in there where he talks about the new proletariat. Because in communism, the ideology is proletariat versus bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie used to be the rich people that own everything and the proletariat were the working people. But now the new proletariat, it's not the working people anymore because they're not, they're not. What, what can Nancy Pelosi, you guys are both hardworking guys. What can Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and all these clowns offer you that you no, don't already nothing, have. Nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. The only thing no. that they can do is take from you guys. Yes, That's all they yeah. can do. There is nothing they can offer you that you already don't have. Yep. So, so they don't give a fuck about Rick. They don't give a fuck about Vince. What they need to do is now the new proletariat is the, all this identity politics. Oh, the trans, the gay. Oh, then, yeah. black people, you're oppressed. Mexicans, yep. you're oppressed. They need to create a new proletariat because they they need they need to be able to sell a bill of goods that oh we're gonna do something for you. So all I say all of that to answer your question with the more the more you incentivize abortion, the less you incentivize the family unit. The less you incentivize the family unit, the 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 more, uh, uh, the less self-sufficient people are going to be. And you did ask, you said, uh, 
do we find any hypocrisy? And I think therein lies the hypocrisy is in looking at the people you quote unquote entrust your vote in, and oh, these are the people that are going to do something for me. These are the people. These are the people that keep you down. Culturally, you stay in the same place and you don't grow because of what 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 uh, K Cartoon said is, which is like, well, there really isn't any mobility towards the family unit there's really like anti-family 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 and now it becomes a circle of well abort 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 where do abortions happen the most low class where there's poverty where does crime happen where there's poverty and so then it becomes this big circle of well this is what we got this is uh not much and uh we're gonna keep on going in circles and you create a constituency of people that they feel like they need to rely on you. Like a, a lot of these Democrats, the only way that they get voted in office and continuously get voted in office is because they sell dreams. They sell these dreams. Yeah. Like now, it's so great. I, I might have mentioned it the other day on the episode. If I did it, maybe I was talking to you about it. But you guys heard about here in Chicago, for people that are listening nationally, uh, there's this guy in Chicago, a millionaire, Willie Wilson. He did this gas giveaway. He did it three times out of his own money, $3 million, giving $50 worth of gas, first come, first serve to people that yeah. wanted gas because he he intends on running for mayor. So that's his doing. That's his, you yeah. know, people say, oh, it's just a publicity stunt, but whatever. He's not using tax dollars. It's for his that. dollars. That's his money. Yeah. He could do whatever he want with it. What's interesting about that is as that was taking place, like the second time that he did it, Lori Lightfoot came out and said, oh, we're going to give gas cards to people that make under a certain amount of money and and, and stuff like that because it's, it's hard for people. And Willie Wilson said it best. He's like, it's funny how you found the money for that now. Yeah. He's like, after I did this. He's like, yeah. and it's funny how you found the money for that now, but yet you don't have the money to fund the police to monitor the red line, because I don't know if you guys know about the red line right now in Chicago, the train. No. It's hellish, apparently. Like it's oh, all, really? all type of crazy shit goes on. They said they need <laughs> they need police on there. And and so he brought that up. Yeah. And so now what's Lori Life for doing? She's using tax dollars, our money. She's using our money to fund these gas cards. Meanwhile, this guy was using his own money. Which is wealth redistribution, really. And, and But what's interesting about it, Willie Wilson, he didn't create a standard of, well, if you make so much, when you show up, you got to bring your W-2 so I can see how... First no, it's come, first, first serve. come, first yeah. serve, baby. That's how it is. Whereas her, it's, well, if you make a certain amount... So wait, what are you trying to do here? You're yeah. trying to get a certain class of people yes. by, rich, like you said, redistributing wealth yeah. versus this guy is just being generous across the board. And, it ke- and, it and that's keep- how they operate. And it keeps those people unambitious because, oh, well, if I make over a certain amount, they're going to cut off my food stamps. I can't get this gas card. And really, it's critical thinking. Like, what is happening and how is this helping for real, though? Like, not how is it helping to pay the bills because, like, no matter what tax bracket you're in, bills are to be had. But, like, how do I live a richer life in and out, like, just in general? And I so I can't help but to think, like, the people that vote for this shit, like, do you not, like, do you not want upward mobility? 
No, they don't. It's well, they say that they do. They pay lip service to it, but but their actions speak otherwise. Yeah. That's this. That well, is the definition of a low information well, well, voter. I, I think everybody does want upward mobility. I think everybody does because even mm-hmm. even in in the communist manifesto, even in there at the end of the communist manifesto, Karl Marx says how his idea of communism he feels like it could never really work because everybody wants upward mobility like nobody it's ingrained in us as humans exactly a hundred percent so so it's like well how could that ever really work well it's what people say and it's what people do exactly and but also too i think there's a lot of people that don't have the level the level of of uh of knowledge in terms of what it takes let me give you an example how many times when we were at the 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 rally when you know in the field did we keep hearing even though this has nothing to do with capitalism this rally it's about abortion and abortion rights we kept hearing this this reoccurring theme of oh well we don't want to feed the 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 capitalist machine the the two black girls that you got the interview with they mentioned that oh the system isn't designed for people like us the girl that had the debate with evangelical she's like yeah and all it's going to do is create another body to feed to the capitalist machine well so you're you're here and i understand a, a child is a burden in terms of a, like of it's a financial burden yeah but so that would seem to suggest that you don't want that burden to weigh you down. You want to be able to keep moving up, whatever that means. You're still to you. part of the system, though. Right. You're still part of the system. And then also, you don't seem to have the knowledge because if you did, you would know that the best way that people have ever moved up is through capitalism. Yeah. Well, that's well, it. Like, that's, that's undeniably yeah. true. So you're over here bashing the very system. That like gives people freedom. Ergo, which identity thing, politics which, though? Which is the thing that you seem to be all of, all for because supposedly yeah. not having the baby, my body, my choice. It's all about freedom. But yet you're also in your argument bashing a system that has created the most freedom possible. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. So, so what we're all talking about is it's a phrase coined by Thomas Sowell. It's called spoiled brat politics. And I'll tie, give me a few minutes and I'll tie this all back to abortion. So, uh, recently in um, LaGuardia Airport in um, in New York, uh, last year there was a tweet. Someone has sent a tweet and it went viral and they, they had tweeted out the beer prices at, the, at LaGuardia Airport. And... I'll admit the beer prices were outrageous. Like the highest was like twenty seven dollars. It was a glass of Samuel Adams, twenty seven dollars eighty five cents. That's pretty outrageous for a glass of beer. Not gonna lie. So what happened was, uh, Democrat congressmen from New York and New Jersey they got wind of this. What they did, they co-authored a letter to the um, port authority that runs the airports in the New Jersey, New York area. And one, the, the chairman is a guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's a, he used to be a Republican congressman, Kevin O'Toole. Doesn't ring a bell. I'm not familiar. But, um, that sounds familiar. The he's, last name. he's the, <laughs> he's the chairman. And they, so they wrote, so they wrote a letter to him. So the end result was that 
Kevin O'Toole, he put a price cap on all items sold at the airport. And he mandated that all businesses selling products at the airport have to have a cheaper alternative for the more expensive items. So if you have like a $28 glass of beer, you got to sell something that's like five bucks. Uh You know what I'm saying? That spoiled brat politics because just because this one guy who put out a tweet can't afford a $28 glass of beer, you know, he, he complains and, you know, and forces the hand of congressmen. Right. Really, the power is in his hands. Okay. $28 glass of beer. Don't buy it. Like, yeah. it's, it's really just that simple. And Don't. the market dictates, well, hey, shit, I'm not selling any beer. We well, better fucking do something about this. And here's the thing. Apparently, people are buying that, you know, so so there's a there's an argument to be made. Like, okay, well, That's why can't I afford a $28 glass of beer? You, If you drink, you could afford a $28 glass of beer. You know what I'm saying? I could afford a $28 glass of beer. I don't drink, though. Yeah. That's spoiled. That's spoiled brat politics. And, and there's I'm, always competitors too, because there's mm-hmm. literally I've been where like one bar is like a ridiculous price. You cross the street and it's the better price, and but, that's the bar that's full. Not only that, I don't know where where this person. They must not travel much. Everything in airports is expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's who. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that person like, was young buck. Yeah, because I remember that that used to be a joke in yeah. G Unit that, that they said that like young buck was so bad with his money he was always buying shit at the airport. Yeah, and honestly, the mark like I've seen headphones like like I'm, I'm a headphone guy. I've seen a pair of headphones that I have. Yeah, I think it was like around the time where I bought my Sony XM3s. I think I spent like three fifty on those headphones. I seen that same pair because it was like around the time they just first came out for like five hundred dollars at the That's airport. Ridiculous and stupid. like no, like yeah. yeah. So now, granted, you choose just don't now, buy it. Granted, I have the money if I wanted it, yeah. but it was it was the point that it was like well. That's a hundred and fifty dollars more than like the regular retail price. Yeah. For these headphones, but that's airport life. That's yeah. how it mm-hmm. is. You want to eat at the airport? It's expensive. Even McDonald's is more. The McDonald's in the airports is more expensive than a regular McDonald's. Yeah. And don't and and you want to talk about like a nice meal? Like if you ever have like a layover and and you got some hours and you and it's an airport that has like a nice restaurant. Yeah. Probably just for you, it's you're dropping a hundred dollars. Yeah, just, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's how it is, you know. And so now you have government getting involved, saying, "Oh, well, you got to cap this, cap that." And then it when is. the person goes out of business, and now people that would have been able to drink a beer at the airport while they're waiting for they their can't. plane, they can't because yeah. it's not there no more. The people that work there lost their jobs. Somebody yeah. lost their business. And what? Because somebody was like, oh, that's too expensive. Well, now you get nothing, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You fucked up. And now, and like actually the abortion issue, in a way, is spoiled brat politics. How so? Just because, so because you want to have an abortion or, or or you feel so powerful about an abortion you want to make it a federal issue like and i asked this to the to the black chicks that i interviewed w- what about preventative measures make the dude wear a condom there's female condoms there's uh, uh uh birth control pills there's you know there's the pull out method if you will well that's or a yeah. or what what the evangelical said there's abstinence there's all sorts of ways 
to prevent unwanted pregnancies. Yeah, you know what's, what what struck me as interesting, and I would liken it to what what you said, the spoiled brat politics, is when I took the libertarian approach of when I asked about Planned Parenthood and its funding, the people that I did ask about that, I was like, well, do you feel like you'd be able to compromise with the idea of Planned Parenthood exists, but it's not funded by tax dollars? Even that, they couldn't rock with the yeah, idea. That's of actually that. was what I was going to ask from both of you guys, since you guys were conducting the interviews. What was the general consensus when it came to that? Like, where the points that were made by the people, was there any. Were, were there times where you guys were like, oh, well, that's a valid point? Or. Or was it more so like, eh, there's a lot of holes to your argument here. Um, the the, the well, we're I'm actually gonna play some audio now from from it and and uh, uh, some of the stuff, some some of the people had some valid points. One valid point, obviously, I don't think anybody would disagree with this, and that's why it's kind of odd to me that people even keep bringing this up because the whole idea of like an. Ep- ectopic pregnancy which i don't if you guys don't know what that is that's essentially where like the baby is growing i think i want to say it's like in the fallopian tube right it, it, it's it's in a area of the the woman's body where it could kill her okay it could kill yeah. her so obviously that's a baby you're gonna abort because this is not like i'm not gonna the woman's gonna sacrifice herself yeah for this un, unborn child now they kept bringing that up, which that's that's pretty easy to counter from from my perspective. I don't even know if it, it needs a counter because I don't really hear anybody on the right really arguing against that. No, I I, I have never heard the argument. Oh, if if it's a ectopic pregnancy, we still want you to have that baby. That yeah. would be like some crazy shit. Like I don't I don't I've never heard that argument. Have you either of you ever heard? Well, somebody? I guess uh, my question to that would be. Because there are some states that are just outlawing abortion. Yeah, but e- but in 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 those cases too. Yeah, that's that's where I would feel like, well, hmm, is that because that that you're now a person in a danger. person's life? That's yeah, what I'm saying. Is even in those states, I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but I would imagine that even those states that's are question. not outlawing abortion in that case. Yeah. Hmm. The my counter to that would be that's a very unfortunate set of circumstances however the art of policy making is what creates the best policy for the most people how often does that happen though it probably doesn't happen how too often how but, often? but it, it's it, it's it's serious and it would it would need to be addressed because like if if i was if i was a congressman yeah. i would never want the blood of the my, idea yeah. of a lady that's pregnant but their pregnancy might kill her yeah, you're gonna die in nine months at being right at, or and being like oh well you're gonna go to jail for aborting that baby that's my point is it's not logical whoever would make that argument is a moron and and i've never heard that argument be made so they keep throwing it out there as a counter like they keep countering that argument but this is like a a, a mythical argument i've never heard it be made no so, yeah, I agree with that point. To, and, and this is just to kind of go over like certain things that is like I agreed with. So, yeah, of course, I would agree with that. Like yeah. some something like that. Where I found it odd is like the, the abortion side, there seemed to really be no compromise with them. Because okay. even when I brought up the idea of, well, 
it's not going to make uh, uh, Roe versus Ray being overturned is not going to make abortion illegal in all 50 states. Certain states it'll be legal, certain states it won't, and certain states will be somewhere in between. Yeah. They didn't like that. Whereas when I asked the evangelical guy, he was okay with that. He's like, yeah, like I, I'm okay with states deciding for themselves. Yeah. Which to me is also freedom because that's the thing. It's sort of a paradoxical argument because if you're on the pro uh, uh, pro abortion side, your argument is about freedom. But what about the freedom of the people that don't want that? Isn't that infringing on their freedom? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's a good argument. Michael Knowles, actually, and I, I think he's probably one of my, he's probably my favorite guy at the Daily Wire. He brought up this argument. He said, um, Elizabeth Warren. No, 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 no. It was Janet Yellen. I'm sorry. Janet Yellen. She said that, you know, these Republicans, they're going to outlaw abortion in half or, or most of the country. From the Janet Yellen from the Treasury? Yeah. yeah but this like, is the, does she have to? Yeah. That's not even her job. But, but, exactly. Actually, exactly. You bring but, up a. a well, well, yeah. hold on. Well, hold on. She, he, so he played the clip of her saying that. And Michael Knowles said, well, hey, notice what she said there. They're going to outlaw or restrict abortion in half or most of the country. That proves that half or yeah. most of the of Americans yeah. are against abortion. <laughs> that's, a, that's a valid point. <laughs> that was yeah, that was a very astute point. Perfect yeah. setup for the next question I was gonna ask, which is this has been kind of a looming issue heading into November. How pressing is this and and do you think that this will affect November the November midterms, the Roe v. Wade situation? Do you think that that's going to embolden the left poll data shows i think pew research came out with a poll i want to say this past week or a couple weeks ago abortion is just not a big issue like if for the for the american public there's the economy there's um food shortage gas prices baby the, formula baby yeah baby formula <laughs> there's so many other issues that that americans deem more dire than abortion so I, I think that that question has already the American people have spoke. That question's already I, been answered. I, I mean, I, I don't know how much like how how much uh, weight I would give like one single poll. One thing I will say, though, is that whoever is pro abortion, I feel like for the most part, they were already voting in a certain way anyway. Yeah, I don't think it's one too. of those on the fence issues. I don't think it's like. I'm on the fence. The one who sides with abortion, that's the side I'm going to go to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's really like a, a, a situation like that. And then also, what I would say, and I and I kind of revert to uh, one of Bill Maher's jokes recently, I think abortion has kind of become a little bit of a gimmick because it has. it's okay. not that big of an issue anymore. And, 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 and um, I'm not saying like the women that are conflicted about having an abortion is a gimmick what i'm saying is the democratic party they don't know which way to field abortion because i guess it's not as prevalent anymore yeah so i remember when julian castro he was on the debate stage and this fucking crazy goofy motherfucker he said and this is how you know that he for one didn't know how to field the topic and then he also 
it's not that big of an issue anymore because he was like, we stand by the right of uh, trans people, uh, uh, trans women, trans women. We stand by the right of trans women to get their abortions. And 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 Bill Maher pointed out, he's like, and that's when you knew that the left was totally cuckoo because so fuck? now this imaginary woman can that is going to have an imaginary baby could abort the imaginary the, the left is saying we're down with your choice we're down for to whatever abort your point. imaginary baby yeah you don't know how to feel this shit you're fucking out you're all fucked up and 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 and, and jesus christ and, and, it's like that was like a slow burn yeah like actually like it was like a nuclear bomb like i saw the light when you said it and then i was like damn that shit is wild so, as fuck. So, but, it's but getting my, closer. The point that I'm making is I'm if, if the situation is getting that gimmicky to the point of that, yeah. then it can't be that prevalent of an issue. To me, what yeah. that struck me as, it's so n- much of a non-issue that I'm grasping at straws to make yeah. it a bigger issue because that's how much of a non-issue it is. He's like, Coupled undercover with, well, and, I'll, and, and I'll finalize my, uh, my theory on that with the fact that <laughs> what I mentioned earlier is that this with the this uh, when we were in the field we were in Chicago on a Saturday downtown on a beautiful day Chicago and, is liberalville and there weren't that many people there no. so i would imagine versus when Trump got in office there were way more people yeah. out there and and he ended up with with uh, uh, uh 75 million <laughs> votes close to 75 million votes on his second run so that's just a little perspective. If I could read something very quickly here. Um, so there was back in the 60s, there was this doctor named uh, Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Mm-hmm. And he was the co-founder of the National Abortion Rights Action League. What he did the to start a nationalized abortion movement, because he was an abortionist. So more abortions, more money, you know. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the downsides of capitalism, I guess. But uh, he says that he says repeating because uh, one one of the issues that he pointed out was like, oh, well, you know, if we take away abortion, there's going to be a lot of back alley abortions, which was false. There was only like 14 back alley abortions. It was a very rare occurrence. But he said but later on in life, he became a pro-life person. He became a ma- uh, a pastor at a church. And I guess he was trying to repent for his sinful ways. He um, he reminisced and he said, you know, repeating the big lie often enough convinces the public. We persuade the media that the cause of permission, permissive abortion was a liberal, enlightened and sophisticated one. Another myth we fed the public through the media was that legalizing abortion would only mean that the abortions taking place legally would then be done. The, the, the abortions taking place illegally would then be done legally. In fact, of course, abortion is now being used as a primary method of birth control in the U.S. Uh, in English, that means the abortion movement was started based on a lie. The entire abortion movement was started based on a lie. The doctor who started who helped start the lie came out and admitted it later, years later. But then he died and, you know, liberals kind of, you know, swept it under the rug. Like, yeah, we're not going to, 
you know, we're not going to uh, 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 mention, we're not going to bring him up. Because you never hear anyone from the left bring up Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Yeah. Only It's only conservatives, and it's only a few conservatives at that who bring that up. That's so, interesting. So the entire pro-choice, uh, quote-unquote, movement, if you will, was started on a lie. Interesting. So I'm about to play some of the uh, audio from We Were In The Field. Uh, you're going to get about... I don't know, 12, 13 minutes of audio from our experience in the field. We're going to bring it back, kind of comment on it. Then we're going to play another clip, and then that'll be essentially it for this week's episode. So let's roll that audio. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon of the Hanging with Apes podcast. I'm here with RX Phonics and our friend, good friend Vince. He's been on the podcast many times before you all know him very well vince say hello to the people people how's everyone doing yo 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 this is rx phonics we're out here follow us on twitter go to the hanging with apes website hangingwithapes.com so what we're out here to do pretty much is uh get a consensus or at least attempt to get a consensus in terms of abortion um there's a lot of hysteria over a leaked opinion that hasn't yet been announced yet uh, at least officially it's been leaked uh political dropped that bombshell report we don't know what the actual if roe versus wade is actually going to be overturned it may it may not be but uh in the midst of the leaked opinion uh people are melting down so we want to kind of understand why it is that people are melting down and who better to ask than the source so that's what we're here to do so i'm gonna we're gonna be in the field asking some questions we got all kind of equipment all kind of bags with us we're ready to go when we need to go so uh catch you guys shortly how's it going i'm here with julio um first and foremost i noticed you guys stood out uh evangelicals in a sea of people that are protesting for abortion obviously they want to keep it legal on a federal level um what brings you out here today julio we believe that all lives matter from womb to tomb uh, we love everybody we don't hate these people at all we love everybody each and every single person here and that includes the child in the womb yeah we believe it's child we don't believe it's just a clump of cells as evangelicals like you mentioned before we believe that god formed them in their mother's womb and that and we were once that being formed in every single mother's womb so that's what we believe yeah very interesting very interesting and it's a solid perspective now where do you stand in regards to like obviously you're against abortion i understand that where do you stand in regards to like in the case of like let's say incest or rape where it's not happening based off of the lack of accountability if you will from the woman's part it's just something that she can't control and now she's been dealt an an undue unjust burden uh what's your evangelical perspective yeah, on that i hear you um first of all rape is horrible we we sympathize with those who have been raped um there have been there's actually a woman in our in our church who has been raped but chose to have a child and she loves a child and we believe that people who are born from rape 
um, deserve a, ch a chance to. Um, we believe that two wrongs do not make a right. If we be, like, the, in that case, the rapist should be executed, not the child. You know, we there two. We believe that two wrongs do not make a right. Very interesting take. Thank you for your time. Thank I appreciate you. Yes, we're the Hanging with Apes podcast. I asked her if she wanted to do an interview. She says she knows somebody that would. Uh, so I'd like to hear your take. I actually was just interviewing the evangelicals over there. So we're trying to get a, the, the whole spectrum of, of the argument here. So he made a compelling case. I'd like to hear yours. Okay. So what's your question? Okay. So first and foremost, what brings you out here today? So today we're here because the you, we will not let the U.S. Supreme Court take away abortion rights. So we're here protesting and telling people where we stand. Uh, we just we will keep doing this until abortion rights are guaranteed for everyone, everyone in the U.S. Understood. Absolutely. Now, what do you say to the people who make the argument? Well, abortion isn't being outlawed. It's just returning it to a state by state level, essentially the way that a republic is designed, because that's the argument that the right wing is using a lot right now is like, well, certain states want it. Certain states don't like, for instance, California, it'll continue to be legal. New York, it continue to be legal, Illinois. But then in places like Alabama, even before all of this, it was already almost illegal. So what do you say to those people that make that argument? Okay, so very simple. You know, when you are speaking, I'm just thinking, okay, let's say that the people, there's a state, let's pick, I don't know, let's pick Texas just because. Uh, let's say that some people in Texas, they don't want their uh, right for abortion. That does, that's fine. They don't have to go and have an abortion if they need it. That's, they don't have to go out and have an abortion even if their life depends on it. But there are people who do. There might be one person who do, you know, who does. So the right should be open for everyone who needs it. Nobody is forcing anyone to get an abortion if they don't want it. That's not what we're here to do. Understood. Very well made point. Uh, another question I have, which also we're hearing more, not so much from the right wing, we're getting more from the libertarian side of things. Their perspective is do what you want. I just don't want my tax dollars going to it. Do you feel like that's a reasonable compromise? Like states saying, hey, listen, people can have abortions, but they got to pay for it themselves. We're not funding Planned Parenthood. We're not funding any of that stuff. Do you feel like that's a reasonable argument? No, because we fund Viagra. Well, I mean, Viagra and and the, the ideological perspective of how people feel aborting a child is, I think it's, it's different. You know, Viagra is more in line with, you know, medication and stuff like that versus... It's a male medication. Come on. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I agree with you. And, and, and uh, but, but I would liken that more so to like, let's say birth control, like funding birth control, I would liken those two to be more in the same ballpark as, versus a whole procedure. You get what I'm saying? No, and that, that's a funny comparison, you know, comparison there because uh, abortion saves lives, you know? Ectopian, how do you, ectopian uh, pregnancy. Extra, extra, yeah. Ec yeah, extra, 
uh, pregnancies like that, uh, you know, what if someone is pregnant because of rape? What if someone is pregnant, uh, they passed out, they got pregnant? We don't know. Uh, it's healthcare, it's abortion rights, are, it's healthcare. People can have abortions because, maybe because they just don't want to be pregnant and forcing a person to be pregnant, you know, and forcing someone, you know, to to not have an erection is two completely different things. I, I agree. One more question, we'll wrap it up. You guys have been awesome. I appreciate this, appreciate this so much. Do you feel like there should be any limit on it in terms of the time frame? Six months, nine months, point of birth, or it doesn't matter? Where, where do you draw the line? Do you draw a line? What's your take on that? Okay, you know, just really simple. My own opinion, uh, there are countries, for example, like Sweden, that they have this, uh, these legislations where abortion is open and legal and free for people that want to do it before 24 weeks um, and because this is why there uh, the the babies can uh, they don't depend on another body to survive at that age so if you remove you know a baby at that age that that baby can live uh, so they have that's why the 24 weeks and after that what they do is they review your case you can go and have your case review and if uh, the people reviewing the case think that you know if your life is in danger they will allow you an abortion awesome so 24 weeks is whenever the you know the the baby can can live by itself then it's just not no longer a reason to not have not let the baby live yeah. thank you so much you've been great you're very informed. I appreciate it very much, and uh, and it takes a lot of bravery to be able to talk somebody to somebody who you don't know, who might have a difference of opinion, and express yourself. So I, I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, you know making doing this so that people are aware of what's going on and giving voice to all opinions. Absolutely. Thank you. So uh, that interview uh, went well. She was actually pretty informed, to be honest. Uh, I didn't know that. I mean, obviously, you have to cross-reference what people say, see if what they're saying is legit or not. But, um, uh, you know, it's interesting. Ask somebody. Ask, ask one of them. Hey, where did all them baby killers go? <laughs> no, just kidding. Did you uh, pick up anything? Oh, yeah, yeah from that interview well uh, uh, as far as the um which one the first one or the second one the, the first one the, the i mean the second one the one i just did with that lady she was she was uh informed she also i i feel like people on the on the abortion side obviously they'll, they'll lean more towards the left and i feel like when they when they get asked challenging questions they fold and then they 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 don't want to talk anymore. So I felt like she was willing to engage in a conversation and answer questions and have her perspective on it. Yeah, I, you know what? I think you said it best. You hit the nail right on the head. That's what stood out to me about her is that she didn't fold. Yeah. She didn't fold. So that that's uh that's uh that's admirable.
So yeah, that was a little bit of audio from when we were in the field. There's going to be one more uh, snippet that we're going to play in a little bit. Uh, we have to kind of set that one up for a little bit of context. Um, I feel like in that audio, I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't, I don't feel like... I feel like I might have misspoke a little bit about the lady being informed. It was I don't think it was so much being informed as much as it was... That she, what you said, Rick, that she didn't fold. Yeah. Well, I think off of the stuff that she said, she was informed. I guess, I guess where I would disagree with, I think she bended things a certain way. Like, for example, the Viagra thing, I think that was a, a huge reach. So, yeah, you're. And, and, but I shut that down, though. Yeah, you yeah. did. And so, otherwise, whether I agree or whether I don't agree, whatever the the case is, I guess what we meant to say was that she had her points and she knew where she stood. Yeah, and and she didn't fold. Exactly. Because you get a lot of people that fold. She she remains civilized. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's one of the most important things, especially in that environment. You know, she remains civilized. Um, But I think, yeah... She, I don't think she was particularly informed at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you know, what I'm saying like she kept giving all of these, and, and once again, it's the problem that I have with the left. They keep giving all these anomalous situations. These are anomalies. These, these are are, are yeah, occurrence. She, she mentioned the ectopic. Oh yeah, ectopic pregnancy. Like yeah, like the, these are not common occurrences. It's like it's like the transgender movement. You, you know politicians keep pushing all these laws for for transgender people how many transgender people are there in america yeah wait 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 like literally what percentage Mm -hmm. it can't it can't possibly be any higher than about 10 percent. and i even think that's really high but yeah like so that's they 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 want to push policies for a small vocal minority yeah and in this case i feel like uh you brought up a, a valid point, which is the points made sometimes, uh, or most of the time by her, were minuscule in the grand scheme. And so, when you, and actually, she stood her ground on like how many weeks as well, because like, I think with the, even that consensus is like, there well, there was no consensus. Yeah, there was no. So she had her actual point there. Like this is where where I think. This is why I think that because well, a baby can live on its own. I can even be like, okay, well, that made me think that like, well, when the baby can live on its own, is that when it's it's good to, to be like, well, there's no abortion here or not? Like, I feel like whether you agree with that or not, it does leave like room for like, well, okay, there's yeah, a debate here to be had. Yeah. So I feel, and I also feel that from what we said is like she kept she she remained civil and the lady that was sitting next to her you could tell she felt uncomfortable um because i was observing like the faces or like the 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 body language yeah the body language and so whereas she she was like all right we'll just ask away i don't know it was weird it was to me it was very weird that she was just so like chill about it Mm -hmm. because you rarely get that yeah uh, at times or you get people who like oh, I don't want to talk I don't want to talk yeah so to to debunk one of her points 
and there's there's been several there's been several points uh, or several polls that I've seen with various numbers, but the numbers are kind of in the same ballpark. Most of America, there's a specifically there's a mother. I think the website's called Mother Consult. It's a pretty popular, actually left wing poll site. Roughly sixty one percent of Americans agree that abortion should be legal in the first trimester. Second trimester, that number dips to around 40%, 38, 39, 40%, somewhere in that area. When you hit the third trimester, it's about 20%. Mm -hmm. So the later in the pregnancy you go, the more people are against abortion. Which is, I mean, it's understandable because you think about it, like you're already pregnant as fuck at the third trimester. Like, so like it's a a hard sell trying to get people, hey, you know. Eight months pregnant, get an abortion. Yeah, I think New York just passed a law that you can get an abortion up to seven months. No, I thought, up no, to I thought, birth. Yeah, I thought Cuomo. Really? When, yeah. yeah, he was governor. I thought it was like up to birth. That, to me, much. that's just demonic, though. That's just <laughs> like, what? Well, who agrees to some shit like that? And I guess it's it's Isn't like Cali uh, trying to pass the same thing. I think. I'm not yeah. sure, but I mean, would I be surprised if it was Cali? No, I would not be surprised. Because Cali is wild as fuck too, so like, <laughs> like New York and Cali, Illinois, like you know what you're getting when it comes to that. So I would not be surprised at all. But but like, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. So I feel with that even there has to be some sort of measure if there is if there is going to be an abortion. Like, when is it okay and when is it not? And that's like, and even state well, that, by state. Well, that, and that uh, brings up a whole debate of when does life begin at conception, you know, yeah. all of that. But uh, next, what we're going to do is we're going to play a clip, but I'm going to set up the clip, give it a little bit of context. So while I was there, uh, while we were there, uh, uh, there was these evangelicals there. They had a mic with a speaker. Um and so I was able to finagle the mic away from them, and I was going to establish a public square debate. I, yeah. you know, I would be in the MC, the two people, the two guys debating, <laughs> set up questions where everybody could hear, everybody could hear their responses. It was going to be epic, and I think everybody kind of knew that it was about to be an epic moment because if you notice, there's moments where there's like dips. In, in, in the crowd noise. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, oh, what's about to happen here? And like, I was fully okay, like, playing that role. But then, as they realized, the, and this is the pro-abortion side, as they realized that their point could have possibly, their, their, their argument could have possibly been decimated, and everybody would have been able to hear the point being decimated, yeah. they sort of got a little bit rowdy and the and guy that was their represent oh well, he wasn't a guy he said he didn't identify yeah. he he's unidentified in terms of of his gender yeah. um they started I, maybe hissing. they maybe they didn't have faith in his ass <laughs> i don't know like what it was but i wouldn't but <laughs> but the debate the debate didn't end up happening but what's what's interesting and what's striking and you you'll hear it all in the foot in the in the audio right now which is what's interesting and striking is that 
the minute that I said I was going to moderate, the crowd loses it. Yeah. The crowd, like, it's like the, the very idea of any moderation to their argument, they didn't like it. It's like, well, if... So you're okay the police with couldn't we, the police couldn't even stop you yeah, no, from moderating yeah, this yeah. shit. They tried to like, hey, please get out of the way. <laughs> now, and what's crazy is, so you're okay with making your argument chaotic, <laughs> yelled, loud, yelling, but when it can be structured and moderated, oh hell no, you're not with it. So yeah. is it because you know it's a weak argument versus the other side? You didn't get that. They were okay with their argument being moderated. I found that very very interesting. Uh, and then another thing you'll also hear in the audio, which is hilarious, is when I asked both guys what they identify as, the one guy says that he's unidentified, and then the other guy says that he identifies as a man of God. Yeah, and I when died. when he says that, the crowd loses their shit again, <laughs> um, which is interesting because you could see that it's like they have like this, uh, like, like this... Uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like this animosity towards Christians. Yeah. It's like the when the, he said I'm a man of God, like it's like there was like hatred there. You yeah. Know? Well, that that's actually that's actually a good point to make because this is one of the areas where I, I thought the evangelicals uh, faltered at. They were making a religious argument yeah. to people yes. who were clearly against religion. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a new like, point. Yeah. A hundred percent. And now what I will say is because I don't believe in all of this identity politics and pronouns and gender fluidity. The only reason I asked what they identify as, the only reason I even cared about that, because people be like, oh, man, what's this motherfucker on asking what they identify as? Uh. No, the only reason it, it was it was actually a strategy. The only reason I asked what they identified as is because my first question was going to be the question that I asked Rx uh, on last week's episode about what do you think of people making the argument should men have an men shouldn't have an opinion on abortion no yeah. uterus no opinion so i was going to ask say as men what do you yes. feel about that argument and if the guy which it turns out he didn't identify as a man he would have been able to weasel his way out of that answering that question by saying well i don't identify as a man Yes. So I was thinking about that because I kind of spotted. I'm like, this motherfucker looks like the type that would be on that. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta strategize against that. So yeah. that's the only reason I asked that. Turns out the shit still didn't go well. Yeah. Because they, they were essentially the pro-abortion side essentially coerced him to back out of the debate, which is a shame because I felt the question you asked was one that both of them could get wrong. Yeah. You know, and that's what I was waiting. I was like, wow. There might be a flaw in each of their in each of their answers. There's going to be a flaw, and I think I feel like that's where we fall. Yeah. Like in the voice of reason between yeah. both crowds yeah. is like, well, like when you asked me that, that was not a religious answer. That was not a pro-abortion answer. That was a answer of like I thought it was great. Well, yeah. I posted it on my on the Instagram. Yeah, story. I saw that. Uh, I thought it was great. It's like, <clears throat> excuse me. It's do you have critical thinking? A Muslim could answer that. A Christian can answer that. An atheist can answer that. And it would have uh. been interesting because, also, if the guy identified as a man, being a pro on the pro-abortion side, it's like, well, if you agree with the sentiment of no uterus, no opinion, then why are you here having an opinion? Even though it, that opinion is in favor of their argument, 
you still, according to them, aren't entitled to an opinion on this yeah. matter. So I'm going to roll the audio. Then we'll close out the episode. So what I want to do is play the middle ground real quick. I want to be a little how, how, are you, how are we supposed to hear each other's argument if nobody does it? Alright, so, what's your name? Alex, say your name again for the crowd. My name is Julio Arola. I got Alex and Julio. Alright gentlemen, I'm going to ask a few questions. Give your this is a discussion, right? What? It's a discussion, it's a discussion. Now, now. Before, before I progress, before I progress, do you both, both identify as men? Both identify? Yeah, yeah. Who do you identify as? I want to and you identify as? A man of God. All right. Uh, all right, well, Alex, 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 yeah, so uh, I tried to get a debate going. I was almost there. Uh, the abortion side backed out. So. And then you got stabbed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. As you heard, this minute he says, I identify as a man of God. The crowd loses it. Uh, they didn't like the idea of me moderating playing the middle ground and then you know when i caught myself when it really when i caught myself as far as the strategy in terms of asking them what they identify as when i said gentlemen i was like well obviously like you know this motherfucker i don't know what he, he identifies as and he's yeah. looks like he's gonna play that game so i'm like you know what in that split second i thought about that but uh yeah it still didn't still didn't pan out it's a noble attempt, though. Do yeah. they do they realize when when they say that um, men should not be making laws about women's bodies? Do they realize that men have been making laws about everybody's bodies for for all of time? <laughs> That's really what laws are, right? <laughs> you can't kill him. Don't do it, men and women. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so I feel like we <laughs> captured a lot. Uh, I feel like we're very much more informed about this issue, having had these episodes and being in the field. Um, I don't know how much more of this we can cover. I think we've we've pretty much covered it all. Um, Vince, thank you for joining us in the field. Yes, no problem. Thanks for being on this episode. Uh, any closing remarks before we, 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 we shut it down? Um. Critic at extralarge.com. Check out some of the some of my latest writings. I actually one of my recent writings, I compare the death of Kevin Samuels, which you guys have talked about, to the Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Uh, discussion. Yeah, that's a great article. Yeah. That was an amazing article. You've been snapping off. So people definitely do have to check that website. It's a it's a it's a great blog. You also covered something else we covered on the show, the two thousand mules. Yes, and how I think Dinesh D'Souza is falling into the trap of politicizing surveillance technology. Very interesting. 
Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website, donate an amount of your choosing. And like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.